Welcome to Nintendo Dads episode 279, recorded on May 7th, 2020. On tonight's episode, ladies and gentlemen, Nintendo be making money. We have got the 2019 fiscal report, and I'm excited. Business Justin has got his business pants on, and we're going to talk business, business, business. Plus, speaking of more business, EA might be bringing games to Nintendo Switch. Yay! And some stuff about Mortal Kombat that Marty is loosely interested in. That and so much more. Cue the music. What? We can't hear. I can't. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is time for Nintendo Dads, episode 279. And we are so super glad you're joining us back on the show this week with me, Marty Estes, I've got three of the finest lads in all the land to break down some new numbers and other, uh, I, I guess, news. You know, it's still, it's still not a whole lot of news. But guys, we're doing what we can with what we have, right? Right. Yes. That was your that was your chance to jump in there. I agree. We are doing well with nothing. There you go. Exactly. Uh, speaking of doing well with nothing, Justin Masson, how are you? Man, I'm doing well. I'm excited. Back. I'm back. Last week I was gone. Uh, I'm excited to be here. It's like this week is kind of like Justin Christmas in relation to business, Justin. EA's chatting, making me happy. Nintendo's over there, making it rain, making it rain bells maybe well maybe i don't know but a lot of good stuff thanks, thanks yeah so yep and uh you know it, this this week was kind of like i know you weren't on the show last week but like all the the business news this week that's just kind of like the justin sim- signal mm-hmm. in the in the mm-hmm. sky like the bat signal yeah. we call well, you in you <laughs> sit down and you tell us about yeah. the numbers yeah, my wife was like, "Are you podcasting tonight?" I was like, "Am I am I podcasting tonight? Am I podcasting tonight? Are you crazy? This is like Christmas. Yes, I'm podcasting tonight, woman." <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly how you said it to her. I also said, "Dear, would you like another cup of tea before I go downstairs? May I hang out with the lads? Is that fine?" <laughs> uh, speaking of fine, that is a fine, fine background there, Jesse Waldeck. If you are not watching us on uh, YouTube as we and Twitch as we stream this, by the way, hello to everybody watching. It's good to see you. Uh, Jesse has fully implemented arcade mode. Yeah, I, I took one of my my let's play of uh, an arcade of my arcade cabinet that I recorded three four three or four months three three or four weeks ago, and just at the last minute decided let's download that and call that my background. So right now it's literally at a pause screen because I remember my wife calling me up, asking me something. So it's sitting; it'll sit here for like ten minutes, but it'll then come back up. And I think I play like three or four different games, and I'm not sure what'll happen at the end of the video if it's smart enough to loop. I've never tried a video as a background before, but we'll, we'll find out. If it doesn't, probably what will happen is you'll just disappear into the void that is Zoom. You'll become one with the Zoom. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Also joining us this evening, Tim Off, all the way from Michigan. How's it going, buddy? It's going pretty good. I'm actually uh, kind of a little tired <laughs> from all the <laughs> all the Twitch things this week. So you've been a late. streaming machine. 
Tim really has been. Tim is Tim is uh, really looking for his affiliate or partnership with Twitch. Uh, really, really <laughs> trying, trying to get, to get that done for the Nintendo dads, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> It'd be nice. It would be great. Uh, we, we, yes. we have our hours streamed done. We have a number of streams done. The only thing we're missing is viewers. Yeah, we have. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, let's be honest. Like, I'm like, I'm giving Tim a bit of a, a bit of a gas in here, right? We are we are Twitch affiliates. We're just not Twitch partners because yes. no more than fifteen people show up and yeah, watch. Yeah, so like, if by the way, I if you are, appreciate. It. Thank you. Yeah, if you if we we do, and if you're watching now, is a great time to bug everyone on your social media yeah. by sending them a mass message to come and watch yeah. for at least five minutes so that we get that partnership. Yeah, and that'd be great. Not what they want to watch. Saying, It'd be yeah, great. Even if they, like <laughs> send it, send it to people that don't even like video games. Yeah. They'll see dads and they'll yeah. be like, Oh, okay. Uh, exactly. And then we won't talk anything about parenting. Sure. That's nope. Not at all. We barely do here <laughs> at all. We barely do here. I mean, we, we barely parent. Yeah. I mean, that's a Some true statement. That's a true statement. Some of us, but yeah, like the other day, um, my son was, uh, he, he was here at my office because again, terrible internet at home. So he comes up here to play Fortnite and other games. And actually what he had done on, uh, on Monday was to come up here and, uh, record, uh, a video for his YouTube channel. He, he has started a YouTube channel where he plays games, uh, cause he told me, Dad, I want to be like you. Uh, oh, isn't that sweet? That's Seriously. Awesome. And he, like even the first thing he's like, I name dropped Nintendo dads. <laughs> and I was like, awesome. I, I really appreciate that. We need the help. Um, so he's, he's doing his video and everything. And, and we, it takes like maybe 10 minutes to drive from my office to the house. We had a 10 minute conversation where I did not listen to a word. He said, <laughs> he was talking about Minecraft and streaming and what he was going to do with some redstone and when he got into talking about switches and dust and all kinds, of, I was like, yep. All right. Let me just drive for a few minutes. My youngest daughter is doing, my youngest daughter is doing the same thing with me with animal crossing. And like, I'm still like, I still like it. Like, yeah, we'll talk animal crossing, but she like that lunch yesterday held a good 45 minute conversation with me about animal crossing. She's like, so dad, what's your strategy? How are you doing this? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm look, I'm, I'm working on like taking, pulling, you know, paying off my loan and building. And she's like, Hmm, Hmm, that's interesting. I am not that way, dad. Um, I believe I will craft more and build in my house. And I was like, so, so I'm supposed to build all the infrastructure. I'm supposed to build the bridges. She's like, seems fair. <laughs> so my my son bought the game and I bought I bought the game of course got the digital download. Yep. Um and he bought the he saved up his money bought the cartridge played it for like 2 days and it was like I hate this game. It's stupid. And I was like are you crazy? And <laughs> but anyway, he he left it alone and he like actually gave it to his sister. Oh. He's like you can have this game. Which she doesn't play video games, even though like she has a Nintendo Switch Lite. The only thing she really does with it is uh, she plays now she plays Animal Crossing religiously every day, right? And she watches YouTube uh, on it, so it's basically just a surrogate iPad. Yeah. Uh, she will play some other games sometimes, but a anyway, Animal Crossing. Uh, so now he has seen all of the improvements to the island that I've mm -hmm. done, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, 
I didn't know you could do that. I didn't right. know you could have this. I didn't know you could have that. So now they fight over it every day. So he and didn't know that he had to, to put add, in effort. Yeah, to yeah. add to this, now I have to fight my wife for Animal Crossing every day. When I left, she was playing on our island. She had already been in there for two hours. And she's probably going to put another two in while I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I'm... I'm not kidding you when I say it's taken over my family. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold. Yeah, I finish that shot. I thought I'm gonna show you what my daughter gave me yesterday to to reaffirm how bad Animal Crossing has gotten our house. All right, hold on. Okay, continue your thought there. All right. So, so we have uh, my sister-in-law. She has two foster kids, and she is uh, one of them has been watching us play Animal Crossing, and she decided that she wanted to join in. Well, she doesn't have a switch. Or anything like that. So we decided, uh, or my daughter decided to let her join in her island, right? Uh, and um, so I go, Justin, you're, you're going to want to hear this. So I go to my daughter's island last night because I had, on for sale on my island yesterday, was a baby panda. Oh. A stuffed baby panda. And it was like lime green. And I was like, she's going to love this because she loves lime green and teal colors and things. So I buy it for her and I was like, hey, I want to, can I come to your island? Uh, I, I've got something I'd like to give you. She's like, sure. I said, open the gate. So we're playing. We're doing the local play thing. We start to fly over her island. And I kid you not, it looks like Armageddon has occurred on her island. There are trees that are surrounded by rings of wood and fruit, like on the ground. Like in one area, there's like 20 things of wood and fruit and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, what? I, I just look at her and I was like, your island looks like a garbage fire. <laughs> what happened? And she's like, yeah. Um, and I'm not going to say her name because legal stuff. Foster kid does that. She goes on her island. She gets out the axe. And she just hits trees repeatedly until stuff falls out and then just leaves it and then runs to the next one. And that was like, she's like, I, I don't have any iron. She's trying to build the very first nook store. Yep. And I was like, there's a whole pile of iron ingots sitting right over here. <laughs> They're just laying there. Yeah, my... My son is actually going through these same things, and I think it has to do with the whole instant gratification thing that they get with current games. Yes. And my son is going through that where he just wants to come and hang out at our islands, you know, and he wants to get by with what he's got. And he's asking about when we got all these cool things, how do I get that? And we say, well, you have to progress through your game to get those things. And he won't do it. And, and we keep telling him, before you come to our island, empty your pockets so you can collect some things and take it back and sell it or whatever, or bring some stuff and sell it in our store to make some money. He empties his pockets in front of the airport. So uh -huh. when I, we go to his island or I look at his island, it's the same thing. You got all these things strewn about all in front of the airport, right? Before you get on the deck. And yeah, then also... Also around the trees, there's a bunch of random things or shirts he didn't want to keep in his pockets are strewn throughout the island. Not in yeah. his house, not in storage. It's all shoes. Just, just monsters. I mean, you've, got like, you've got stuff like that. 
on screen. our islands because we share with our kids or whatever. And yeah. then you've got like the guys over at Dad Crossing who are building like elevated fountains surrounded yes, by yeah. Godzilla statues <laughs> and all and laying out pavement and all kinds of stuff. And I'm just like, I told my I wife got that kids, I'm man, going to take my son's switch one of these nights and, and delete his sleep and get some stuff done. Yes, because he's just not so, doing it. Madison, I got to see what did, what did your daughter give you? So first, I want to call this out for those of you that this is why you probably have to watch the show live and not the audio, because I went to grab this thing. I come back, I grab my headset. And what you missed was that in pre-show, I had some cheesies, a delicious treat from Canada. However, Cheetos. byproduct cheesies are not Cheetos. I will stab you. They are cheesies. They're <laughs> hawking cheesies from Canada. They are our national treasure of a snack. But much like chips, <laughs> my fingers became greasy. And I went to put my headset back on and I missed. And it came across and smacked me across the face with the ear, with the earpiece. And it we was need a, uh, we need a gift for that. Yeah, I'm sure you can go back and find it. Someone probably we need can clip somebody it, to clip get, it right get, off get and going. send that because I got smacked. There's a timestamp, Jesse. Uh <laughs> and Jesse and Jesse, you guys are chatting back and forth. Jesse is busting, like laughing his off in the corner i apologize you may have to like switch that out by the way jesse watch for timestamp i just swore um dad crossings in the in the uh, in the chat called out he says i love how justin just takes himself out with his own headset and nobody blinks true friendship so yeah, it, it daughter, was hard not laughing out loud i had to laugh yeah. silently because i was i wasn't near my mute button my daughter uh youngest daughter she wrote her mother and I these kind of like note, this note, and she had like rolled up in a scroll and like put on our beds. So I woke up and says this <clears throat> to dad. Thank you for everything. You have a job so that we can eat and sleep in a bed. So thank you. So I was like, oh, wow, that's incredible. Note what the bottom says. Animal Crossing tomorrow. <laughs> Check yes or no. <laughs> Butter you up, and then uh, butters you up, and then it's the a question. check, yes and no, for Smart. whether we're going to play Animal Crossing. Together. I love it, man. You think it. at this rate we were doing an Animal Crossing show? I, I know, I know. We need to get into some real. We need news, to get going on. But hey, this, you know what? Slice of life, man. Mm -hmm. Slice of life. This is this is good stuff. So Jesse, why don't you send us into the news? Cue that music. And of course, our news is brought to us by you guys over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, the best video game community on the internet. Stop. Full stop. No more. No debate. You guys are the best. We love you and we're so appreciative for you. Uh, we mentioned this on the show last night, but I said I would, I would mention it every week. I want to be sure that you guys know this. Uh, for the past two months, we have furloughed or gotten rid of Patreon fees for all patrons. I don't like that uh, word, furlough. I'm sorry. I, I realized. <laughs> I was like, I was like <laughs> he said it, and then Tim was like, yeah. not cool, dude. Not he, erased, cool. Like, he erased Patreon fees like Thanos <laughs> snapping the Infinity Gauntlet. Boom, they were gone. You can, Look at that. I'm good. Um we 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 erased all those fees for April and May for you guys so that you could have basically a trial of what it means to be a Nintendo Dad's patron at any tier, whichever one you wanted. That is coming to an end at the end of this month. 
So beginning on June 1st, uh, Patreon fees will begin to be collected again. Uh, why did we do that? Well, number one, because we love you and we did not want to put any strain on you at the beginning of this pandemic. Uh, things are kind of maybe starting to even out a little bit. I don't know. But in June, we're going to go back to uh, charging for that again. Now, if that means that you need to cancel your Patreon membership, Justin, will any of us hold any grudges, be mad or be upset? Not a hundred. Not at all. Not at no. all. Would we be mad or upset? No, we a hundred percent get it. So you do what is best for you. Maybe you're like, I've got it. You know, I've got to take away that subscription. It just doesn't work. We totally get that. There are no hard feelings. We understand that. We appreciate. It. If you've just come in, looked around, and said, "This is cool," or "This is for me," "This isn't for me," or "I like it, but I can't stay." That's a hundred percent okay. Our doors are open to our community that way. Yeah. Maybe you're like, "Hey, I just want to, you know what? For one month, I want to pay like a really high tier, and then I'm going to drop it all the way to the very end and just kind of give you a little support that way." You can do that. Or maybe you're like, "I just can't support it all." That's cool. We appreciate yep. that. Not a problem. There are other ways if you're interested in supporting. If you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime. That is a free sub every single month, and that helps our community grow. Other ways that you can help us, watch some of our amazing YouTube content, share our content, subscribe, retweet, any of that stuff. We just appreciate how awesome you guys are, how awesome this community is. And I know this community has come together and helped a lot of people in this group together. Um, and just thank you so much. Yeah. You guys are absolutely 100% amazing. Uh, we are so blessed to have an amazing community like this, and we are so thankful for a community like this. Yeah, and so just to reiterate that, like if you're sitting right now, here's an example. If you're sitting right now at the $30 Patreon producer level and you get to the end of this month and you're like, you know what? I either, A, can't do that at all, and so I'm out, or, hey, I'm going to go back down to the $1. No okay. judgment. No shade, no side eye, nothing. Thank yep. you for your support. Thank you for your time. If you want to continue to support us, fantastic. If you mm -hmm. don't, fantastic. Thank you for being a part, even in this time, thank you for being a part of, again, the best video game-related community on the Internet. We're so thankful for each and every one of you. So let's just dive right into the news, shall we? The let's biggest this week is Nintendo's Q4 financial numbers. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of go here and just turn the wildebeest loose. Justin Masson, you love numbers. You love business. Here, let's just answer this question on the front end for those wondering, is Nintendo doing well? Nintendo is doomed. A hundred percent, they are doomed. They <laughs> should probably sell all of their IPs. This Nintendo Switch thing is a bunch of bunch of baloney. They're not going to make any money. Ha ha ha! Should you should just, just be go developers. to just be developers. Sell all your Mario's to the Xbox. Ah, that would also be the bloodiest Mario game we've ever seen in history. Actually, True. no Mario game True. is ever bloody, so I guess so. Yeah, so Nintendo came out today with their with their reports, um, and I'm going to just kind of like chunk out or, um, some of the big piece of information, which I thought was really incredible. If we remember again, these are figures as of March 31st. This is kind of important information to realize because of just how their quarter works. This is the fiscal year ending March 31st. Interestingly enough, we talk about some of the sales data, specifically uh, hardware stuff. 
these numbers will not have changed very much in the last month because there's no switches to be found. And even if you could find a switch, you can't go and buy one. So they're not going to see a lot of movement anyways. But number one off the top, Nintendo's hardware sales for the Nintendo Switch are now at 55.77 million units sold. Now, this is really incredible, actually, because if you combine the sales of the GameCube and the N64, it doesn't even match up to the 55 million units of hardware that Nintendo has moved on the Nintendo Switch. That's pretty incredible. The other really cool thing is it's actually just surpassed the Super Nintendo in relation or the SNES, whatever you want to call it, in relation to their sales as well. No, their sales you don't number. want to call it that. Yeah, because you're a monster if you do. Um, so that's really, really quite huge. And interestingly enough, it's going to be very close or it comes very close to actually meeting its kind of next hardware surpassing goal or, or post, if you will, which will be the actual Famicom or the NES back with 61.9 million. So Nintendo Switch continues to truck and continues to make huge ground and movement. Not really a surprise, if I'm being very honest. Like... You know, if you think of this year of what happened, we had the latest Pokemon game came out, right? That was in November. We're going to talk about those sales later. Obviously, Animal Crossing came out. So you think of some big selling or big moving games, Mario Maker last year. Uh, we had Link's Awakening. We introduced the Switch Lite, right? So the demographic or the target audience shifted a little bit to being a little bit more handheld. Uh, interestingly enough, Switch sales for the fiscal year... So for the actual fiscal year, so this is April 1st to March 31st, uh, we're 21.03 million. So wow. that is a massive, massive number. So if you think about it, if we're at 55 million right now, prior to last fiscal year, we were at 34 million. Okay. So it's nearly 50%, give or take, and maybe someone could do the quick math on that, probably maybe 40% of the sales of the Nintendo Switch hardware occurred last year. Yeah. So again, you're seeing the Switch get its feet underneath it, continue to grow. Um, I think the Switch Lite obviously had had a massive support, a massive bump in those sales as well to help out. You know, Marty, you talked about it. You've got a Switch Lite in your household. Uh, Tim, you've got a couple Switch Lights in your household. Am I right on that one? Yeah, you do. Jesse, you don't have any Switch Lights, but you have a couple, or you had a couple Switches, right? You and your son had one, and your daughter had one? Right, but... but Myself, between myself and the kids, total of four switches. Yeah, right. So again, and what we're seeing there is actually exactly, exactly what Nintendo was hoping for. Because if you think about it, this is the attachment rate they want. This is the this this is the uh, I have one. My daughter has one. My wife has one. This is the attachment rate that you would see for something like a DS, right? Where it's your own personalized device, not necessarily a home console. Home console traditionally is just a one. Right, you have one in the house, one on the big TV, maybe two, but not a one-to-one -one ratio. So these are so these are this is great information uh, for Nintendo. Um, well, I will say uh, this, just uh, along with the attachment rate, uh, living where I do, did like, and especially around the time of the DS, the 3DS, DSi, DS Lite, all that kind of thing, it was very rare for me to see. Uh, kids and much less an adult out carrying a 3DS mm -hmm. or a DS, DS, DS Lite, whatever. I know that some people live in more populated areas, you know, like metropolitan areas. You saw that a lot more and you would get the evidence of that with a street pass. Yeah. I very rarely got street passes. Compare that to now. 
I see Nintendo Switches everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Even in, you know, this little rural area that I live in. I mean, I, and then it's not just kids. It's adults. It's, you know, teenagers. There's tons of Switches out in the wild. Yeah. We had a little taste of that with the DS because of brain age and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. We had a little taste of that because I remember my in-laws bought they had their own DS and that shocked me. It's like I walk in the house and they're sitting there playing crossword puzzles on it and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So interestingly enough, and, and kind of maybe t- attaching a little bit to that DS idea here, uh, this, this number will be very important to keep in your mind here. Uh, 3DS lifetime sales are at 75.77 million. So hold that there for a second. That's 3DS sales. So not, not nothing. Why am I using that? Well, I'm using that as a benchmark because of the fact that Nintendo's projections for next year's sales for how many units are going to be moving. And they're, they've changed their projection to 19 million units. So 19 million plus your 55 million, ladies and gentlemen, you're very close to 75 million units sold. So potentially this time next year, with it kind of hitting its fourth life or fourth year in its cycle, we could be looking at the exact same numbers as the 3DS. Now, of course, Tim, as you mentioned, we're not talking DS numbers. DS numbers are crazy, right? Uh, because it's just, <laughs> just the way that uh, it had kind of swept the nation. So well, are- speaking of that, if you don't mind me jumping in real quick. Of course. Uh, speaking of that, I wanted to ask you a question and I brought it up on, uh, in Twitter that should we, when we go to look back, should we be looking at adding these numbers together when talking about the switch versus the 3ds and instead of just the 3ds, including the Wii U, even though I know it's low looking at that because of the switch being hybrid. The reason why I asked that is because of Nintendo is no longer got two pillars there for, you know, portable and home console. It's now both in one home and portable console. So your argument there, Tim, just so I understand your question, essentially, right, would be, should we add the 3DS numbers plus the Wii U numbers to kind of like a, almost like a time capsule of circa, circa 2012 to 2017, right? Yeah. Yes. And I did that too. So when you look at the, yeah, it's eighty nine point thirty three yeah. uh, million units um, with the with the three DS and Wii U generation comparatively, and that's about at sixty two point four percent is where we're at with the Switch compared to that. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think that's a great point to make there actually, Tim, is to have that opportunity to say like, could you add those things together, right? And and I think it is very much a time capsule, right, of of the success. So yeah, I think it's a viable viable solution. Um, I think whenever when when Nintendo puts out their data or when analysts look at the data, they're always going to say like looking at it by itself, right? We're not going to, we're not going to use. Yeah. I don't think we should take it away, but definitely I think it should be an added look at. I do think that. Right. But then, but then like, do we look at, do we then look at the Nintendo and the super Nintendo and have the game boy times together? Do you know what I mean? Like, so I didn't go that far back, but yeah, I would have had the time. (laughs) So I think there's some, I think there's some things that, uh, that could do as well. Um, Mecha Dragon makes a really great point here in the chat. He says, I mean, the Switch Lite is the handheld numbers where the regular numbers could be the console numbers, right? So, yeah, I mean, if they, if you parceled that out, you could probably maybe make some determinations that way. Um, but I do think it's, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting as well, Nintendo's, we're going to talk about this in a couple of moments from now, 19 million units in the next year. 
is that a reasonable projection? And the, you know, I'm, I'm saying this, like, I kind of want to put a pin in it. We're going to come back to it, but keep that in your mind here as we begin to talk more about this information, because there is kind of this critical component of it's like, well, sure. Look at if you got 20 this year and you had bangers like Pokemon and animal crossing, right. And you had the new switch light. Those, those seem like some good cards to play. What cards are you playing in 2020 to 2021 that are going to drive new console sales? That And they they were basically lost a month due to hardware shortages. Yep. Yep. So, like, they're 19, April, I think, is going to be a stretch unless they put out a real banger. Yeah, they definitely, definitely, and you're right there, Tim. They can definitely make some adjustments and, and change that, right? But it's kind of like, and to Jesse's point, they've they've lost a month. Do you know what I mean? And it's and, and not to be rude, it's not the month you want to lose. Like right. the month after Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. Yeah, the month after <laughs> Animal Crossing. It's an, it's like an everyone's conversation cycles. Do you know what I mean? And the other challenge that you are going to be competing with here, and Nintendo sometimes does this. Nintendo does a bit of a blinders on approach, right? Sometimes where they've been known to in the past. We know that at the end of this of 2021. We have got a new new console generation coming up, right? So guess what? Money is limited for anyone, no matter what, right? We all have a disposable income, or not? A, we shouldn't say we all have a disposable income. We all have a we all have a finite budget that can only go so far, right? So where are you putting those chips? Am I putting it down on a new Switch, or or do I have those funds allocated for the new Xbox Series X or whatever it is, right? So it's an interesting year for Nintendo for 2020, and then we think of we're going to talk about it in a couple moments. Again, my question is. What do you have in your catalog that will make someone who has not already pulled the trigger on a switch do that? Do you know what I mean? If if you haven't come for Zelda, if you haven't come for Mario Odyssey or Mario, if you haven't come for uh, Pokemon, or either Let's Go or, or Pikachu or, or uh, Sword and Shield, if you haven't come for Smash and you haven't come for... Um, Animal Crossing, what are you showing? What are you waiting out for? There's Chibi a, Robo. You're right. That's exactly it, right? Chibi Robo 101. Let's go, son. Right? What is it? What is it that could do that? I have a thought. We're going to talk about that later. Mm, that's a teaser. Okay. I'll, I'm, your thought may be my thought, but I'm, I'm going to, I'll wait. Okay. I'll okay. wait till you cue me on that. But All right. So, you move I, away from hardware numbers, I wanted to mention that. Um, of the the 21 million units that were sold during this last fiscal year, the they did Nintendo did say that almost 6.2 million were Switch lights and yes. and part of that 21. So in real, so total of about 15 million regular switches were sold. Yeah, in- like, interestingly that enough, alone is a little bit down from last year. Yeah, interestingly enough, so if you think about that, give or take, uh, the Switch Lite came out in the middle of September, I believe it was September 20th. So you had basically October, November, December, and then you had January, February, March. So essentially you had about six months. So give or take, they were moving about a, you know, if you average it, let's say, you're at, you're averaging about a million Switch Lights a month. Does that continue, right? So this is one of the reasons why all of a sudden you see, hey, here's a new color. It's the coral one, right? Like that. And I don't mean to be sexist, right? The idea of introducing like a lighter color, like a coral, like a pink around a time when Animal Crossing is coming out, that's a very targeted marketing decision. Um, and again, I'm not trying to be like, if someone's like, dude, I totally like my coral 
switchlight, dude. That's fine. But what I'm saying is, yeah, right. Is that they are, they are very much aiming for a demographic. Do you mean they're, they're, which is, which is women, right? And they've said that before is they want to bring more, they're, they're looking to increase that. There's some stats as well in this, in this actual, uh, real men wear pink. Damn right. They do Mecha Dragon. I've got this, like his pink shirt. This golf shirt that just glows pretty much and having two daughters, that's of course what you can do, right? But what I'm saying is that they're aiming for a different demographic. Let's jump into some more information on this break it down because there is some key components here. Let's talk about Nintendo Switch game sales. Number one, top dog, of course, still being Mario Kart 8 double or deluxe at 24.77 million. Marty, why are you laughing? I'm just laughing because like the last time we taught numbers here, Smash was very, very close to yeah. catching Mario Kart and surpassing it. But now Mario Kart has evaded the blue shell. Yeah. Bill, and and they, has they extended their lead over Smash lead. Brothers by another 700,000 units. Could you yeah. say that Mario Kart stepped on the gas? Oh, I would. Right. So, and then of course, wow. going into your going into your lead there, uh, Marty. Number two, Smash Brothers eighteen point eight four. Breath of the Wild seventeen point four one. Super Mario Odyssey seventeen point four one. That's at fourth place. Now here's here's a banger. So here, Breath of the Wild took the third spot back again. Yeah, it's it's battling out for three and four in uh, between Mario and and uh, Link. But here's the incredible part: number five, Pokemon Sword and Shield. 17.37 million units. Ladies and gentlemen, they are nipping literally at the heels of Odyssey and Breath of the Wild. And you can quote me on this. If someone wants to use the the Justin Betts you, Justin Betts next fiscal <laughs> report, they will have surpassed Breath of the Wild and Odyssey and will be sitting at the third spot. Well, oh, I think we can, I can I think we can see this after Q1. <laughs> we don't have yeah, to wait a no, year. I think I think they're going to be number 2. Uh honestly, cuz look be. how close it is to smash. Yeah, you will you're another million, right? And, and, and you're and you're getting two DLCs. DLC packets, yeah. But and they're pretty substantial. And, and I want to say this, why are you really surprised that Pokémon did these numbers? No, here's the thing is I'm not surprised Pokemon did this number. What I'm surprised about, and we're going to talk about this kind of in a couple moments here, but it just, it, it kind of tells that tale of, of this, this, this burn up from, for the switch, right? Like it was a slow burn and now it's here, right? And we're seeing Pokemon do that, right? Cause again, it came out middle of November. So you had middle of November, December, January, February, March. You had four and a half months and you sold all, you sold the same equivalent as it has taken Breath of the Wild three years to do. That's that's the thing. Like that's when, time. When did you it's, say it was going to surpass it? Uh, next report, next whatever uh, numbers it'll be. It'll be a Q1. quarterly, quarterly, yeah, Q one quarterly report. It'll pass it for sure. Um, but I guarantee you, this time next year, if it hasn't, it will absolutely. Number uh, coming in at number six. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee at 11.97. Okay, so that's not too bad. So it's, now we're now we're starting to really separate, right? Five and six, which is six million. But here, ladies and gentlemen, here, here is where things get real interesting. I love this. And this is the this is exactly the conversation. And this is actually why, Jesse, I might be wrong about what numbers two and three will end up being. Animal Crossing New Horizons. In 11 days, and I want to be clear 12. on this 11 days, 12 days, because it released on March 
20th and it had till March 31st. This is when that reporting period is. That's that's the beginning. That's the end of it, right? 11 days. 11 days. 12. 12 days. <laughs> 11.77 million copies. That's a million a day. So it was sold on the 20th. And did the report actually the report, they say it was the 31st or did they the say report, the 30th? The, the, the reporting closes as of March 31st. Okay. So 11 r- p.m. Whatever, blah blah blah. I said right. that game I, roughly I a sold different cheating reports. That's a why million a day, roughly sold a million a day. Yeah, that's now, there, bonkers. There has been another image that actually came out that showed Animal Crossing in the report as well, uh, selling. I have the numbers ahead of me on a six first six weeks. So they actually did one. So that so that is the first eleven days, six weeks. So this would be as of the end of April 30th, so like a week ago, was at 13.41 million copies. That is absolutely incredible. You want to talk about like success for Nintendo in 2020? And everyone's like, hey, what games do you guys have to offer? Nintendo can be like, I don't. I don't care. Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. What more do you want from us? Because guess what? It be rain. It be raining bells. Tom Nook be like, "Give me more." Me, 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 me. Is that the fastest selling game on Nintendo Switch so far? I I think it was the third. Uh, Smash Brothers and no, 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 no. Oh yeah. So let me think. What was the numbers? It was I think the second game. Second fastest selling game on the Switch, third selling lifetime for Nintendo, with Brawl and Ultimate being one and two. Mm-hmm. Not sure what the order of that is, but yeah. Um, episodes uh, asked how much more than Animal Crossing and 3DS. New Leaf it was Ultimate sold, and then Brawl, or Melee, okay. excuse me. Oh, right. oh. Yeah, New, New Leaf sold 12.45 million. Well, that's blown out of the water now. Yeah. yeah. So in six, in six weeks, this this puts New New Horizons at the best selling Animal Crossing game of all time in six weeks compared to everyone think, else's lifetime. Do you think? And this is just pure speculation, I know, but looking at the sale charts here and uh, you know years and how long it's taking games, do you think this ever becomes number one? Because I think it's I think it's I really think it's got a shot. I, I don't I, think it's got the same tail as Mario Kart. No. No, I, 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 here's, here's the truth of it. A couple of things I think really did ha- ha- help Animal Crossing, right? And, uh, and there was a bit of a joke. I put it on our Twitter uh, account earlier this week. It was from the John Oliver show. And John Oliver's statement was like, uh, did, did Nintendo make up, uh, COVID-19 and release it so that they could, uh, trap us in our house? So we could all play Animal Crossing. I don't know, but maybe they did, right? Because here's and the reality. Adam I, even made the same joke on their show. Yeah. I, the reality of it is I do think that isolation COVID-19 right beings um, I think those probably helped and I know that sounds like a bad statement but I think it was kind of the thing that people needed and you heard this consistently right the world sucks outside I can't control anything but in the world of Animal Crossing I can control something and so it may have drawn people more and more to that I think that's also why we're going to see some sales boost numbers from Switch console or hardware as well, right? As people began isolation, they're like, you know what? We need to get some video game consoles for our kids. We need to get it. just 
buy them a Nintendo Switch, buy them whatever game they want, just so they're they're leave me alone so I can work, right? So you probably saw some of those na- those sales as well. So I do think that that like it 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 had that, but I also do believe that Animal Crossing is in the same category as a game like Mario Kart, right? It is a generational game. You can continue to play it through the entire life cycle. There's no real beginning, middle, and end, and it's just this level of enjoyment. Um, so I, I do think we're going to have a tale of it. I don't think it's going to cr- pass Mario Kart 8, if I'm being honest with you, Marty, but I do think we're going to see it really up there in those top top two to three uh, positions uh, for the entire time. Mecha Dragon asks, do we think Animal Crossing sales wouldn't have been that extreme if it wasn't for the virus? Uh, I had predicted maybe two months ago that we we would we would we would see Animal Crossing in the top ten, but probably more like eight or nine. Yeah, you know, probably looking like seven or eight million units sold at most. Yeah, maybe probably less. But yeah, this this was yeah. this got this got a shot of adrenaline. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, so I think that that is that is pretty crazy. Uh, a couple other. So I mean, th- I mean, that's the big numbers, the big sales numbers we want to mention here. A couple other things just to kind of. Um, uh, reference they continue nintendo continues to have games in the te- over the 10 million uh mark uh number eight was splatoon 2 uh number nine was mario party uh super mario party uh number 10 was super mario deluxe uh 6.60 million uh as well uh luigi's mansion sold down or fell down to 6.3 million uh, also there are now 27 titles that have sold more than 1 million copies um, and uh, or over 1 million units as well. Uh, Ring Fit Adventure sold 2.73, so if you can find it, that's great as well. Take a pause here. Guys, what do you think of these results? What do you guys think? Any thoughts? I, I think, you know, I mentioned the shortages earlier, though I don't think... So I think we the switch numbers may have been higher if there wasn't a shortage, but I don't think the shortage really kicked in until more like April. So I think that'll hurt. That'll affect more Q1's numbers than this last year's numbers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, in, go ahead, Marty. Well, I was just going to mention here, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Ring Fit Adventure. Uh, mm-hmm. John Blanco pointed out on our Patreon post about show topics that Ring Fit Adventure outsold Astral Chain and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 combined. Yeah. And has nearly outsold Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses. And it's only been out for three months. And uh, is incre- uh, on top of that, is it's also incredibly hard to find. That's five and a half months, actually. Ring Fit was, oh. was done in middle of uh, October. Okay. So yeah. five and a half months, but still games that Nintendo has pushed way harder. Yeah. And that was, and, you know, it's interesting because that was probably a, um, an experiment. Right, not really knowing what the what those sales would look like, right? And for Nintendo, it's also a risk, right? Because you're creating a peripheral, right? You're creating additional costs that you don't know whether someone's going to be interested in it or whether they're going to purchase it. Uh, but you are right; like Ring Fit is the is kind of the game, right? It's kind of the thing, especially. And, and then you combine that with again, right? If we go back to the idea of self isolation, I can't go to the gym. What are we going to do, right? My wife said to me a couple of weeks ago, she's like, "We we need to we need to do some exercise here." And what I do, I brought up Ring Fit, the Ring Fit ring, uh, up to our living room, right? Now, sure, look, I put it on the couch and we've looked at it for the last six weeks, but it's there, right? <laughs> and that's really the important thing. Um, but, but, but I mean, I do think that, that it's, uh, it's interesting. I think they'll see, yeah, there you go. You've got, Tim's got his Ring Fit. 
Um, I think I think we'll continue to see some support, and I think people. I've I've heard people who are like, can can like, where can you get it? How can I get it? What's it going to cost? Um, so yeah, it would be would have been great had they probably been able. To, they would have been able to sell more uh, had they had that available as well. Another another really interesting thing I want to bring to uh, folks' attention. This was I thought very interesting. Um, Nintendo is reporting that their digital sales have increased by seventy one or almost 72% for their digital sales of how people are actually getting it. So, uh, and then when they actually, so that's digital sales of actual games. Then they actually have kind of this additional component, which is add-ons or download only software. So when we're talking about digital sales, digital sales implies a game that you can purchase either physically or digitally. So Pokemon is a great example. It's physical or digital. Animal Crossing, physical or digital. But what they have seen is they have had a 21 or sorry, 72% increase um, to their digital sales. And then in relation to uh, kind of download only software, add ons, and Nintendo Switch Online, they have seen a, a nearly 10% increase uh, from that as well. So again, we're continuing to see Nintendo Switch content and uh, games grow. Now, the final part of this that I think um, I want to chat about is – I had it up here a second ago. Did I just close that page? I did. Hold on a second. Very few moment here. <laughs> I got happy fingers. So everything is running well for Nintendo, right? Everything feels like, man, this is absolutely tremendous. I'm as happy as can be. Nintendo's investors are happy. And then this slide shows up, and I'm going to see if I can share my screen. Can I share my screen? Of course I can share my screen. Share my screen. Share. And then this slide shows up. Announced titles released in fiscal year 2021. Xenoblade, Clubhouse Games, something in Japan, um, Animal Crossing, continuous updates, Sword and Shield, expansions 1 and 2, and the Smash. I have the name of that game in my notes. So we Thank can, you. Uh, I appreciate that. Check back at that later. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. But the interesting part here is that they actually call out, uh, as mentioned in the beginning, if the effects of COVID are prolonged or worsen further, we may not be able to proceed with the release of Nintendo products and the start of services as planned. So our future plans are subject to change. So we had talked about before, we talked about on the show, like, hey, Nintendo, there's this rumor you're not doing a Nintendo Direct. What are you doing? What are you doing? Literally at their investors meeting with their investors, they have said, at this point, this is all we have. We have nothing to talk about. <laughs> we have nothing to talk about. I was actually shocked by this. I thought there would be maybe something we would get, some kind of like, oh, and by the way, we're planning on X or planning on Y. No, they're literally saying this is all we have right now. And this is kind of the reality of it. And the reality is, is that when you look at June, past June, there is nothing on Nintendo's calendar, right? Let's go back to that idea of a month ago, we had a mini direct and we all complained about how Nintendo, where's the first party stuff? Nintendo, what's going on? What's going on? Fast forward that clock by four weeks and we find out that Nintendo says we have nothing to show. And this, this is where the problem lies. Nintendo is saying, we're going to move 19 million Switch units in 2020 to 2021. My question is this, with what? Because what we're seeing here 
is, and I don't mean to be disparaging, and COVID sucks, and I totally get that, and I'm not being a whiny Nintendo fan. I am being a person who is looking at this from an, from a business perspective, from a here is my lens. How are you going to move 20 million or 19 million when A, this is all you have till June, which is fine, but you may not know when your next products are going to be available because of COVID, right? Because of the way that their development cycle works. Now, again, if you think of how, how uh, Nintendo works, they're very much like a kind of a, a very uh, old fashioned traditional development cycle that way, right? Like, Hey, we're shutting down. Everyone goes home. No one's working, right? Or not working the same capacity. We can't develop games. We have seen some games that have been gotten delays on other platforms, right? And got pushed out because of this kind of stuff. But Nintendo's just like, no, like full stop. Uh, this is kind of weird, right? Like typically be like, here's the thing we're working on. Here's the thing we're moving towards full stop. Um, so how is Nintendo going to move 19 million Switch units in 20 to 21 with what they currently have? Tim, what do you think? I think right now they're saying 19 million because they're probably hoping that things will change in time to be able to meet those numbers and then be able to continue the work. Uh, one of the things I was thinking of, and I had to write it down so I wouldn't forget when you mentioned that, was is it possible that they put a stop on a lot of things because... Maybe unlike some other developers, there may be an, we know how tight Nintendo is with their information. Mm -hmm. They certainly probably most likely don't want anybody outside of their office building working on things that could potentially be leaked. Mm -hmm. So that may be an issue and that's why they may have that lockdown, but definitely in six months time, sorry, just to finish too. And in six months time, that mid report, that mid fiscal report that they give, I'm sure if things aren't improving by that time, they will probably make those adjustments to that number. Yeah. And Mecha Dragon kind of echoes your statement there. He says, or are they just being secretive, secretly, secretive, secretly about it? I, I don't know. Cause here's the honest part, right? When you're talking to your investors, you're usually pretty transparent. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like that's well, a, you kind of, you kind of have to be right. And you kind of have to give them to hope for why, why they should be inv- like, like, like here's the way it works. If investors see that your company is doing well, they will invest yeah. more money into them, right? Yes. If you have more money, that's a good thing. Do you know what I to mean? To a like, certain extent, though, because yep. we've seen in the past at other investor calls, we expect to hear more information, but they're still tight-lipped then. Yep. So it's not surprising that, hey, we don't know what's going to happen in the next few months. Yeah, we're maybe 80% done with a game and ready to release it or even closer for all we know, maybe 95%, but we don't, we can't have people working on it outside of here. So we can't make it, you know, gold. So we can't say we have that we're working on X until we know for sure it's ready to drop. Yeah. Let, Let me give you three words that I think would drive those sales. And again, as Justin has said, this is all reliant on, this virus, right? And it's all reliant on whether they're able to get it done or not. Mario Kart 9. Correct. Yep. Mario Kart 9. I knew you were going to say that. I I know they've said this, but this rumor has been out there for a while. It was out there with Wabi Sabi on Twitter. 
that there was something related to tires that would be a big deal later on this year. It's Mario Kart 9. That's what they're working on. They're bonkers if they're not working on it. Now, the, the disappointing thing that we have to, to face is there's the reality now we won't get it this year. There's the reality that Nintendo will do something that they've not done in a long time, which is to undershoot their, their projections. You remember that used to happen all the time in the Wii U era. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Justin, the other franchise that came to mind was Pikmin. And I know Pikmin is not a huge system mover, but it's been so long since we've seen a Pikmin game. Mm-hmm. You were asking what is left, Mario, Zelda, Mario Kart, Smash, Animal Crossing, Pokemon, what's left? Well, out of the modern-day franchises, there's only two. One of them is Pikmin, and the other is Metroid Prime 4, and we know we're not getting that in a long time. Yeah. Uh, for a long time. So it's either Pikmin or a 2D Metroid, and it's not going to be F-Zero. <laughs> so, I'd love I, to. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. I, I, it's not that I don't want it to be F-Zero. No, I want it to be F-Zero. I would love a new entry in that. I've said that over and over. It's not happening. You know, thinking nostalgia for all those people who remember F-Zero back in the day. I would challenge you you to go back and look at F-Zero's sales numbers comparable to the percentage of or to the number of SNES consoles sold. No argument here. I just thought that was another franchise that it they is. Do have. It is another franchise. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't think at this point to answer Justin's specific question. I don't yeah. think it's a SNES franchise revival that's going to drive 19 million in sales. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 would, have, I, w- I have two thoughts that may help some, you know, to drive some sales. Uh, not sure it'll get to 19, but um, so you know we know there's a shortage. And I heard, I don't know if it's a rumor or actual reports that Nintendo was doing a ramp up of production. You know more than they they would normally produce. So once once they're on the store shelves, then they'll they should be sold up pretty quickly. That that's a temporary situation, but at least it may make up the lost month in a future month and a half maybe mm-hmm. and second maybe they're starting to gear up for a price cut some holiday season could be well the the interesting thing here to to kind of almost four years go along with what jesse might said be a good time to do it is that i did see another article today uh on my nintendo news where there was a quote from this investor briefing and i don't think we talked about this yet that N- nintendo says that the switch is nearly at the halfway point of its life cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while a price cut may be coming, I honestly feel like the switch light was the price cut. 
I could see that. The other option I could see is there you go, Tim. Thank you. I like how Tim now responds only in sticky notes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Switch Pro, Switch Pro could be the other the other component that helps move the needle as well. No, but they said that would not come this year, though. So well, sure, look at right. It. Yeah, well, but who knows? So lots of things. A lot of things can change as well because of the environment. Yep. So their their plans could change, even though they said they wouldn't do one in this in 2020. Yeah, they still have that window of January to March. It's still in their fiscal window. Yep. Uh, one of the th- you know we're going to move on pretty quick because people are like, oh, I'm sure they're tired of numbers. One of the interesting things I wanted to pull out from this commentary about the the announced titles or that were kind of frozen is this statement. We may not be able to proceed with the release of Nintendo products and the start of services as planned. So our future plans are subject to change. What are the start of services as planned? Smash DLC? No. That's not a service. Cloud. True. Being able to move Animal Crossing Island from <laughs> Switch to Switch. <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of would be like a would be like a, a Nintendo Switch Online 2.0 update that allows for those kind of things. I'm uh, telling you right more, now, more if COVID-19 has taken away themes and folders for me, <laughs> I am going to kill a virus. <laughs> Play Mario. Uh, Play uh, Play uh, service Mario. Could, new service could be the addition of what they use, what they've done the past couple of years with the Nintendo Online, adding. They had Nintendo games, the Super Nintendo games, and then whatever else they were going to do this year. Yeah, no, I agree. So we'll 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 find out more. I mean, in summary, here, folks, Nintendo is doing well, and uh, and as fans, we'll be all right. So, quick the, question: the name of that Japanese-only game was uh, Famicom Detective Club, and Famicom Detective Club Part Two apparently was a Famicom game that's getting a Switch remaster. Oh. Um, again, that's Japan only. And then near the bottom of that slideshow, they did mention, uh, you know, a l- list of games that they've previously announced that are still coming. And, um, so they have Bradley Default 2 is still 2020, but kind of had an asterisk by it. So maybe that may be sliding. We don't know yet. And then as, uh, TBA games, Bayonetta 3, Metroid Prime 4, and the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, temporary name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want that to be the official name, though. That'd be funny. You, you know, Tim, what do you got? Go ahead, Marty. No, Sorry. go ahead. No, okay. you're, you're good. I, I was going to ask the uh, with all these new people coming on board and all of us who've been around for a while, and we were already complaining before about not getting a direct and not hearing this or that, even before COVID took over, and then we got the mini direct. Um, that if we're not getting anything and people's are done with animal crossing, because there's a lot of people who are playing it to death and being done with it quicker than, than expected, probably quicker than the developers wanted it to be. But by the time we're all done, everything's all said and done. Is there going to be backlash? Is there going to be backlash from all these people who are singing the praises of Nintendo that forget about COVID when things go back to normal or, or at least the new normal, if you will, uh, in June, July, whatever that might be, that timeline. And there's this gap that nothing could be done. So it's going to push everything further down the line, no matter if we do get back up and running. 
that is there going to be backlash saying, hey, where's my new game that I want to play right now from Nintendo? What is well, it, Nintendo? Yeah, I mean, I do, I do think there's always going to be that, like, the greedy kind of, like, Nintendo fan, like, you haven't given me a game in a week, rawr, kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah, um, no matter, with all these games going talking on, about yeah. e-shop. 35 games were released this week. Exactly. That's exactly Open it, right? But, they're not, but it's they're not, not Nintendo, Nintendo published first games. party. Yeah. I love, how, I love how Tim asks very innocently if the internet is going to give backlash against <laughs> something. Yeah, exactly. Here's here's actually my concern, Tim, is it's a little bit of actually kind of maybe a reversal of your question. And so I'm going to pop my answer here. Sure. Um, we are in a, a drought. We are entering a drought of games, right, from Nintendo first party. I would argue that we had a, a flood of them for the last six months, right, from basically July all the way to December. Took a bit of a breather in early 2020, and then we came back with Animal Crossing. I'm concerned that we're going to come into, like, September or October. Nintendo is going to be like, hey, remember those things that we were kind of working on, but we weren't able to kind of finish? Yeah. Cool. Now we have... Boom, 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 boom. Right. And it's going to be like October through to like November. And you're just getting punched every week or two with another new game, another new drop. It's going to be like peaks and valleys. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, I made the joke of like last year, like I came out of like middle after middle of August to the uh, like, you know, starting with Astral Chain and then ending off with like Pokemon. I was like, I feel like I was in like 12 rounds of boxing for video games and like I had backlogs that were just starting because I was just picking up games because they're amazing. Right. That's my concern. Um, do, you, do you think going on what you just said there though, too, is that that's one scenario. I think there's another scenario to where if we get back to a certain point where everybody's working and can work on some, a game that maybe it's all hands on deck on one particular game for the holidays and then everything else is pushed to 2021 and they start fresh 2021 with, okay, let's start doing planning out 2021. It could be right. Like they definitely, they definitely want to figure out what are they, what is the chip that they're playing for holiday 2020. Right. Yeah. And they need to make sure that that's ready. Right. That's, that's kind of like, like, like find our anchors. Where are our anchors? Okay, cool. As long as we have these, that's great. And now can you build backwards and hit some of these other targets? Right. lofty wise maybe maybe not but they are going to want to and they, and they probably will need to shift resources to make sure that they're on that marker I, I think too that one of the things we need to look at here and and i'm going to use this as to segue out of this into another topic that i would love justin's thoughts on are uh that keep in mind that the list that jesse read is just brand new games uh there's obviously talk of ports that are already out there there's obviously already talk, you know, like of the Mario port, Mario 3D World, a Mario Galaxy, Odyssey, or right. um, but Sunshine yeah. Collection. The ones that I mentioned were the ones that were officially announced. Everything else is just a rumor. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, I've, but, but what I'm saying is, is it's easy to announce a port, not during like a big E3 extravaganza, but just as they can just drop it in a tweet or they can do a mini direct and boom, now Ports they filled DLC. up. Some DLC, they've filled up the calendar in the latter half of the year. Yeah. The other thing is that we have a, a really strong third-party presence from the end of May onward Yes, for mm -hmm. Nintendo Switch. Right yeah, now. I'm and not even complaining. Things, there's plenty for me to do lately. Yeah, so. there's even some things <laughs> Seven games dropping kinda, at the same day. Like the they're nebulous. 
and we're not really, we don't know a date on them, but their third party like Doom Eternal mm-hmm. is out there and it's still coming. Uh, but we know like Burnout Paradise and yes. Bioshock and Borderlands, and those are huge games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just in huge in terms of name, but in For size Nintendo, of the game. Nintendo players. Yeah. 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 So this week, EA on their, their conference call says lots more Nintendo Switch games are in development. Not only that, they also talk about 14 games, 14 new games to be released this year on various consoles. And they're going to discuss this further on July, or I'm sorry, June 11th. Uh, they're going to do like a video presentation. EA, EA Play. EA Play. Yeah. Uh, Justin, I know that you're thinking Apex Legends, hoping Apex Legends, uh, but break this down for us a little bit. What, like, EA's, EA is finally changing its tune. Mm-hmm. Finally. Yeah. Well, like um, Justin said, they've been listening to us, right? So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The They're pressure of the Nintendo um, Dads community has finally well, made them collapse. I guess. I guess. To, so we don't spend too much time here. Sure. What do we hope we see? What's feasible? Like, take again, high hopes, low expectations. Yeah. So, so the, so I'll start off with this, like the Apex Legends component of it. Obviously, like I've been like waving this flag for a while. Like, come on, come on, come on. I love Fortnite. I want Apex Legends on the Switch. Um, the reason I believe that this is a viable option is that the team who developed Apex had talked about putting it on a mobile device anyways. If it could be on mobile, it could be on the Switch, right? The other part of it is that Jeff Gruber, one of the guys from Venture Beat, who has a really good track record with this kind of stuff, essentially said he's like, they're looking across the pond over to like the fo- the folks over at, at um, Epic and Fortnite, and it's like that free to play game is doing very well on an installation base where there's 55 million Nintendo Switches. Maybe we should do that. Um, the other interesting part is, and because again, what you're trying to do, I talk about this in my video a little bit. <clears throat> here's what I would, I mean, here's the reality, and someone someone can argue with me here in a couple moments, right? But would I love for Jedi Fallen Order? to come to the Nintendo Switch. I would. Do I think it's going to? I don't. And the reality is, is a couple things. First, we need to just basically think of, I know, Tim, you can argue with me in a couple moments from now about the Unreal Engine. So we'll have that conversation in a second. But the way that they, the when you're looking at, and I'm sure when EA is sitting in a boardroom and they're looking at other titles, what they look at is low risk, high return. What is a low risk or low amount of effort? And I don't mean this like disparaging, like, like they're lazy, but like any company would. What is the lowest effort or resources I can do to something that maximizes my highest amount of return? And I think that trying to get something like Jedi Fallen Order to run on the Nintendo Switch is going to require a lot of changes and downgrades and adjustments within the infrastructure potentially of the game that may fracture or may damage it or may make it challenging. When you compare that to something like Unravel, right? We already know Unravel 2 already works on the Switch. Unravel's going to work, right? When you compare that to something like Plants vs. Zombies, which is not, which I mean is basically an iOS game. Do you know what I mean? Like, so there's an easy kind of, and you think of like, that's a great demographic, right? So it's, it's, it's approachable. It's easier. It's low cost, low entry. It's a digital game. So you don't actually need to purchase cartridges and actually send that out. Right. So there's, so it's kind of the little bits and bobs that add up. Uh, Jesse, go ahead. Uh, yes. You in the corner, so, sir, with a Donkey Kong background. <laughs> so playing off what you, what you said, I kind of 
echoes what we said last week of why EA is starting to play with Stadia because porting their games, some of their games to Stadia is easier than porting them to the Switch. So sure, they'll do that. They'll try that first, even though the return won't be as much. It's still less risk. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so, so I think you have to look at, it. and I think you know, Tim, Burnout Paradise is a great example, right? They probably looked at the at the demographics, looked at probably the the return, the investment, um, and that it's 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 already there. Do you know what I mean? So, like, if you were to say, like, what games would we be looking at? Kind of like I'm going to be like honest. Look at games that were built or put out by EA in circa 2017 and 2018. Those are the because those those specs would have been for something like a PS3 or PS or PS3 or an Xbox, and that's the specs you're probably running on on the Switch. So if you can find games like that, then you're more likely to see what's going to be ported over. The reason, again, I think, and I'll go back to the idea of Apex. The reason I think that they probably will do Apex also is the fact that it is a it allows for a steady stream of income. It's not just a one and done, right? It's a long term investment, right? You, how many times does a kid play pay for a battle pass? The microtransactions, those additional kind of dollar dollar bills that people spend on a, on a games as a service versus just a one shot game, and and so they already know there's an install base for that. And then when you see that there is 55 million uh, handhelds in the or switches in the wild, and then you look at the fact that. <clears throat> Correct me if I'm wrong, and someone can Google this quickly. Fortnite is the number one third-party downloaded game on the Switch. Uh, I remember when it released, and it was like the the, the attachment rate was something like 75%. It was an incredible number. Um, even if that has dropped off down to 20% or whatever, 20% of 55 million is still over 10 is, sorry, it's about 14 million. So, yeah. Let's see if they can try and track that. Um, I, and again, you know, we we give EA a bit of slack here. They have been playing in the space cautiously. They are they are going to when they begin to release these games or to introduce these games to Switch, they are going to be cautious about it. They're not going to like jump off with the biggest one off the top. I think you are going to see Plants vs Zombies. You may see Star Wars Battlefront. I think you'll see Apex. I think you'll see Unravel. You. You'll see FIFA again because FIFA be FIFA, right? That's always going to sell. Um, but I, I don't don't expect right. something like Even Anthem. Older games like Knights of the Old Republic might be a good one. Correct, yeah. But don't think don't don't expect something like Anthem. Anthem is burnt. Mass Effect trilogy. Mass Effect trilogy is the other one. Now here's the thing though, that has to be bundled, right? Currently sure. there isn't a trilogy, and I, there's talk of an HD one. It makes sense, and that makes sense. I know people want it. And it's kind of like the Bioshock collection, but first they have to create the H the collection, and I, then I don't to understand the Mass Effect HD. It was HD to start with. Yeah, I don't know. So what? What? But like, if you it's look HD-er. at the yeah, the Bioshock collection is a great example. Bioshock the collection came out last year, right? But now it's coming over to the Switch. So you look at you look at kind of those things. Tim, what do you got for me, buddy? I feel like you've been on the computer looking at stuff. I feel like you're going to like, like, come at me, bro. No, I, I agree with you. It's got to make financial sense. Right. So, and my only, my only argument that I posted on Twitter would, after watching your video was the the probability factor, right? You have it as a low probability mm-hmm. for me when I looked at it and I was trying to put my business pants on and trying to keep my, you know, fandom down as well, you know? So I didn't want to be like, 
you know, I love this game, so it's got to come to the Switch. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course I want it there. Just like you want Apex on the Switch. I would love it if I would buy Jedi again and play it again if it came to the Switch. I, I, and just as clarity here, Tim, I 100% would buy Jedi if it was on Switch. Exactly. Like, I, I, know I, I bunch love of that idea. So what the way I looked at it was, okay. I knew already from the get-go that Jedi was, uh, Fallen Order was built in the Unreal Engine, that it was built in the same engine that Nintendo supports on the Switch. And all the other games that you talked about, and, and what shocked me in the video, and you just said it now, was that you thought more so that Battlefront would, or Battlefield or whatever, Star Wars version, would come to the Switch first before... Then, then this game and that one, I don't, that's the other thing I was going to look up was what engine that was built in. But I thought, I think Battlefield was in Frostbite engine as well. But those games, all the games you mentioned are all different engines and all that kind of stuff. Like I was looking at Burnout Paradise, I guess was built in the renderware, uh, engine, um, and all that. So I don't know if it's changed or anything or if they converted it to when they brought out the PS4 version and all that kind of stuff. But again, it's just, with looking at it, to me, I don't know all that much about development. So, but to me, it seems like if you're using the same engine that the Nintendo Switch is supporting, that would be a higher probability for me than it would be the other games that were mentioned. Sure. So yeah, that's that's and, my only argument. Yeah, and my argument for something like a Battlefront, I wasn't looking at the engine. I was rather looking at when it was developed. And thinking of the specs of probably what it was developed for, for a specs perspective, like what it could run on, and then thinking that's probably closer to Nintendo Switch, right, right, from the infrastructure. You're right. Like, if it's running on the Unreal. Now, the other part of it is that, like, depending on the, you know, if they're using a porting house, which is one of the things I would say there, right? Like, Psyonix, not Psyonix, I apologize, Panic Button is a great example of a company that does a fantastic job with their ports. You know, the same folks that brought over something like Warframe, um, Rocket League, obviously The Witcher, right? These are are examples of good porting companies, and they may be able to do it. Um, What I, you know, again, I'd love Jedi to come over. I don't think it's going to, um, but I could be also 100% wrong. And if I am, that is awesome. Well, I Um, liked how you put it in the video. The probability was lower for this for you. For me, the probability is is higher. So. Yeah. So speaking of probability, I went while you guys were talking, brought up a, a, a list of EA franchises. All right. And so I thought it'd be fun to, to kind of kick around some of these. Uh, these are some that I feel like are just a great fit, and it would not take a lot to to have them on the Switch. It's not going to be like, like you guys have been talking about. Um some big graphical powerhouse, you know, that's going to really strain the system or constrain developers. Um, Burnout obviously is one of them. And I'm hoping that paradise is kind of a revival for that. Um, You got to, got to kind of be in mind here too. And not a lot of people, I think remember this or they forget it. EA owns the bejeweled franchise. Mm. That would be a great fit for Nintendo Switch as Switch is severely Definitely. lacking in puzzle games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that would... That's not what my Switch says. Well, <laughs> okay. Switch is severely lacking in puzzle games that aren't Picross. Fair enough. That's true. <laughs> um, looking through their franchises, Mirror's Edge, I think, would be a great one to either bring over or revive. I think someone did that as a comment in uh, Justin's video. I'm just going to throw this out here. I know Tim wants Madden. 
But I'm going to throw <laughs> this one out here. NFL Blitz yeah. would be the perfect game for Nintendo Switch. Yep. Arcade-style football, yes, please. But let's talk about the big one that I think is kind of a shoe-in, and then you can rattle off some more of these if you like, if you want to. That is, I think The Sims is a yep. lot. Yep. yep. It's, you got – I think that it's a gold mine waiting to happen on the switch, which we yeah. said before we're shocked. They haven't brought it sooner. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think EA looking at the popularity of a build your own world simulation game. There's a game like that might be having some tremendous success right now. Right. So they're like, Oh, we have one of these in our stable. We should definitely, there appears to be a market for it. Let's do that. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a lock. I think that's a like, if I'm being honest, like if I was like, Yes versus no versus maybe. Yes, Sims. Yes, Plants versus Zombies. Um, I'm gonna put down. I'm gonna put down yes as Apex. I'm gonna put down maybe Sea of Solitude. Um, maybe a sports football-y game. Right, Unraveled is a yes. Uh, what else we got in here? Mass Effect is a maybe. Titanfall is a maybe. And just because I want to love... I like the love, Titanfall idea, too. Yeah, just because I want to love Tim, I'm going to say maybe for <laughs> Jedi Fallen Order. I will say maybe as well. Okay. For that one, yeah. So time will tell. Now, whether EA is actually going to reveal this information to us... Um, oh, Dragon Age, Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, that might actually be a maybe as well, uh, as I'm going through some of their... 2014 2015 catalog well, um, going going with the whole thing that we were talking about before with the scarcity of nintendo published games or at least developed games i should say uh they've always said they've wanted to work with their third parties a lot more and give them the spotlight a lot more and this is the opportunity for them to do that yeah just as a reminder they also did uh dead space too just looking through some of their stuff here I know a lot um, of people would love to return to that franchise. Well, yeah. And there was a Dead Space entry on the Wii. It wasn't yeah. great, but it was there. Yeah, yeah. And you're, you're definitely right about Blitz. Now, again, um, interestingly enough, EA may be revealing this information at the EA Live June 11th. I think traditionally, again, what we would have seen if it was E3 time is like announcements like in Apex or, or you know, Battlefield 3 or Sims or whatever coming to the Nintendo Switch would have been in their direct. But if Nintendo's not having that direct, that information, that partnership, that work needs to be promoted somewhere. And I think EA will probably to pro prom promote this on their own so which is why if the rumor was true if nintendo went reached out to a lot of these companies and said hey we're not doing a direct that way these companies can plan for what they want to do yeah. it makes sense yeah they can they can put it in their own so so if of we're course. so i'm if they do you know the nintendo fan base will say yay yay finally but the core ea fan base is probably going to riot saying we already have these games we don't want them yeah, please, it's a tough. You can't leave it, please everybody. It's well. Here's the thing: is I do think they would have updates on their regular titles as well. Oh yeah, and, and, so I'm and, not saying this is the only thing. 
here's the way that I would here's the way that I would almost see it happening. Something along the lines of like it's you're showing gameplay of like, hey, let's talk about like you know again. I'm going to use Apex as a legend. Let's talk about the newest season or, or some updates that we've coming to Apex in July or whatever. And it's like, right? And then of course, it's going to happen is the camera is going to pan out, right? And you're going to start to see the bezel on the switch. And they're like, oh, and by the way, Apex Legends is out for the Nintendo Switch today, right? And then and then they'll like flip to a slide of like, and that's part of the six other additional games that EA is bringing to the Nintendo Switch. See, in and that would be a good way to do bing, it. Bing, if bing, they're, bing, if bing. They're, they're quick and don't take yep. a lot of time talking about it. I think I, they're not, yeah, that would be a good way to do it. They're not going to sit in their pocket because there's nothing new to everybody else, but it's new to Switch people. Like, hey, Sims is coming. Hey, here's Jedi Fallen Order for you, Timothy Elf. Right? <laughs> and then it's and then and then they just move on to their next thing. Like that's how they would do it. I see the tide turning on this though, where yes, it used to be where a lot of people are I'm playing it on this machine, this machine, this machine, but I see a tide turning where a lot of the people who like playing on the more powerful consoles. <laughs> also have their Nintendo device and like to go back to those games that they played before on the PS3 or earlier PS4 or Xbox 360 or earlier Xbox and uh, just be able to play those on the go and then come back to their current games on their current consoles or the more powerful consoles. So whereas this EA thing, that I think used to be the old mentality. I think is, is there's still going to be some people like that, but then I think there's there's a tide shifting where they understand newer EA games we're going to play on our powerful consoles or PCs. There were and the, these older ones we want to visit. We'll be able to on our Switch. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, comments on Justin's YouTube video uh, saying Madden. No, no, Tim, you'll join in with those. RJ Kern commented on our Patreon posts and said NHL '94 which is a game that he's brought up several times uh, before and others have as well. Uh, it's possible that we could see, and, and Tim, you've even talked about it here on the show before, about seeing EA return to that 2D style of football. Uh, I think know, it would work. 16-bit era. Yeah. But see, that's why I think Blitz makes more sense than, yes. than, than Madden, simply because it – why why rebuild a game you've already built for other consoles? Right, right. Build a brand new franchise in, in Blitz and say it's exclusive to Nintendo Switch and watch it sell like hotcakes. Definitely but makes business anyway, sense. Whatever happens, we're going to find out on June uh, 11th as EA hopefully unveils something that will make each and every one of us happy uh, during that time. I would even love, man, like go back to Command and Conquer uh, and some of those, you know, uh, strategy type games. But Let's move on. Let's talk about one other quick uh, news item, and then we'll dive into what we've been playing. Uh, this week, um, NetherRealm Studios made a huge announcement uh, that Mortal Kombat 11, uh, which actually saw a moderate, if not large, success on Nintendo Switch, was going to be getting a brand-new DLC, uh, and people went, oh, yeah, more characters or more costumes. No, 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 no. Uh, this is a huge, expansive DLC pack uh, that's actually available for pre-order right now called Aftermath. It's going to feature a brand new story set after the events of Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, it will feature two returning characters, one of which I believe, at least one of which we've already seen in Mortal Kombat 11's story, uh, and that is Shiva. Uh, Fujin will also be entering uh, the... Bless you. Fujin, not... Oh, bless you. 
Uh, it's ironic because he's the god of wind. Uh, but <laughs> uh, also, out of nowhere, RoboCop is going to be a part of the Mortal Kombat universe. Yes, uh, Detroit. And, Woo. and here's the deal. Here's the deal. <laughs> RoboCop is actually going to be voiced by the original actor who played RoboCop in RoboCop 1 and 2. Wow. Uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, and somehow that's going to figure all into the story. It's going to launch May 26th. It's going to bring along with it uh, new skin packs, three new characters, brand new story. But it also adds in two new stages. Friendships make their return, as well as stage fatalities for the new stages, plus some of the stages that have already been out there for all characters. The new stages, the friendships, and the stage fatalities are completely free for all Mortal Kombat 11 owners, no matter what. And you can pick up this entire package. If you've been on the fence about Mortal Kombat uh, 11 on the Switch, you can pick up the entire package, all of it, which includes this Aftermath DLC, the original game, and the combat pack uh, for $59.99, which is kind of a ripoff to people who bought the combat pack separately, uh, to begin with, but hey, if you if you didn't buy all that, great, you get the definitive edition well, of Mortal Kombat. That's still that's kind of common to have a game re-released with the DLC, like you know, like Game of the Year editions. Yeah, so I'm, but, I'm not surprised by this. But I wonder, is it, it when they add something in this big, do they not give a discount for the new DLC for the people who already bought stuff originally, or do they just say, well, they got to pay the same price too? Uh, that I'm not sure, but I think because that's kind of what's happening. Uh, you can get the aftermath pack when you've already paid the twenty nine dollars or twenty nine ninety nine for the combat pack. The aftermath pack for people who already own that is thirty nine ninety nine. Ooh, okay, that that kind of yeah stands. makes it a hundred dollar game. Yeah, it's and when you can get it for sixty yeah. if you haven't yeah. bought it. If the standalone price wasn't as steep, then maybe that wouldn't have been so bad. Right. But anyway, that's out at the end of May, just like everything else that's coming out for Nintendo Switch in the foreseeable future. Uh, if you love fighting games, more Combat Land plays great on the Switch, by the way. Graphical quality is not the best. gets very grainy at times, but it's Mortal Kombat on the go. And it, and it is very, it's, it, the, the gameplay is really, really good. So, if you're into that and that's your type of thing, either you love Mortal Kombat or you're an Xbox owner. Threw that in there for you, Justin. Appreciate it. Let's talk about what we've been playing, shall we? Do it. All right, Tim, you've been playing a ton of stuff, streaming most of it. Let's talk about uh, the games that you've been playing. Okay. I'll try to get through this as quickly as possible. Uh, basically, uh, Fortnite some more with my son. We did another uh, in creative, another 100 level challenge, um, which I don't know why I, I play these to torture myself with, but you know, it's for Sam. So he's, uh, and he, by the way, Sam says hi to you guys. Cause hey, he always asks. <laughs> Hello, always Sam. Asking. So, um, but yeah, we play that. We get through it. I, I want to 
at the very beginning of that game, I was I want in my brain I wanted to quit that thing, and then uh, I was just like, nope, I can't teach that kid, you know, about wanting to quit it. So, but yeah, we did we did that hundred level challenge again. So we made it through it, and it sucks at platforming, but it's pretty hilarious at times too. And he's having a good time. So, uh, some some of the games that I uh, did on Twitch, uh, I did about four games this week actually, starting with Guard Duty. Uh, that is a uh, point-click game, uh, story-based game, um, and, and the story is pretty funny and intriguing so far. Uh, it's kind of like your uh, princess gets kidnapped type of story, but with a lot of uh, humor in it. Um, and what I liked about it is that there's there's a tie in what what happens in the future, in like I'll say 2050 or something like that. With uh, the world getting destroyed with something that happens. Uh, and then it flashes back to the medieval times where you're this knight who um, is at celebrating his birthday, gets drunk and lets this creepy guy in and who ends up kidnapping the princess. He's investigating. He ends up waking the next morning, investigates and everything like that and uh, tries to solve the mystery of what happens. And I, I haven't played... Um, I haven't gotten that far into the game yet, so I don't know exactly where it goes, and I don't want to spoil it in case anybody else wants to play it. But it's pretty laid back, you know, point and click, pick your questions you want to ask people in town to investigate and all that kind of stuff. Like I said, funny humor and the story is pretty entertaining. So if you like that kind of game, I'd say check it out. I'm certainly entertained by it and certainly want to keep following up on it if I can. Another game I played is Ghost Sweeper. And this is a puzzle action platformer game where you can create your own blocks um, and destroy your own blocks, remove them. And then you get two different characters. One has a vacuum that can suck up ghosts uh, and it's not Luigi. And and then the other person is uh, his name is Indy and he's got an Indiana Jones type hat. So it's kind of funny, but uh, he shoots fireballs out of his gun, but they both can create blocks or platforms with those blocks to be able to jump on and move around. But it has a mobile aspect of it, even though I don't believe it's a mobile game, but it has a mobile aspect of it where a lot of the games where you have to complete a stage or a level uh, to get through and achieve one, two, three stars. And if you get three stars and everything in that board, you can get a one red star type of thing. So that's the type of thing. If you beat the time, you find all the coins uh, or treasures um and do certain tasks in some of the boards like kill them all or don't kill them all or that kind of thing um you can get through the board originally when i played the first two levels to get a feel for the game i thought oh this is pretty easy i was getting through it i was getting some of the stars i'd go back through it again to get the red star immediately when i was getting ready to record actually when i did the uh stream i left it to where i would do world four or level four and uh uh it's hard. <laughs> as soon as I was like recording, like, oh, yeah, this game, you do this, that. And it's, oh, I just died. Wait a minute. That didn't happen before. <laughs> so it was actually pretty tough. And I think Simple Monk was on there watching me, one of our community members. Uh, and uh, Dan, I think, was on there, too. And some other people that didn't say anything when I was streaming. But um, it's a pretty it's a lot tougher than it looks. Um, I think one guy developed it or at least a couple guys, a lot of it looks hand drawn. Uh, and I'll, I will admit the, the game 
image on your switch and even on the on the site looks kind of cheesy so it's hand drawn or like one of my kids could have drawn it and put it there <laughs> so but uh if you like those type of puzzle platformer type action games um i would say check that out check out my video on it to give get some more information on that Uh, another game I did on Twitch uh, was Lonely Mountains Downhill. Lonely Mountains Downhill. It's that uh, mountain bike game where you go downhill and you uh, have to get down there in a certain amount of time without crashing. And it's both relaxing and stressful at the same time. <laughs> but it's also hilarious, especially if you're if any of you have ever played the uh, skating games or the bike games. Uh, and... Uh, those type of things where you would, you know, you try to build up your score, you know, Tony Hawk or the Matt Mira, I think, BMX games back on the PlayStation uh, where you do tricks. And But if you crashed, you probably were cracking up like I was. The mountain bike game does that, too, where if you crash, if you wipe out pretty good, there's some pretty hilarious situations that happen when it crashes. I immediately when I crashed in the game, in fact, I think I tweeted one of the crashes that I was just dying laughing because of the, how it just went flying off the screen and disappeared. Yeah, it's got a little like ragdoll physics, eh? Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. But uh, there's like three stages, and I just realized this too after rewatching that video when I was editing it and stuff. I realized that I was doing, I was approaching it wrong. Mm. There's an explorer that each trail has about three or four stage, three or four ways to get through it. There's the explorer way to get through it where you're exploring the trail. You don't have to worry about time or anything like that or objectives. You're basically exploring it to find out the best path to get through that trail and in the quickest amount of time. Because there's a you can follow the, what looks like the obvious trail, then there's this kind of darker, off-beaten path type trails that if you do it right, you can cut your time down and be able to beat the time. So you use that to your advantage. Then there's the beginner trail. But it's still the same trail, but you get checkpoints and you have to meet a couple objectives. You have to, like in this particular mountain that I did the first time was you have to beat it in three minutes and not crash more than 23 times. So uh, that's why you use the Explorer one to get familiar with it, get used to it, then jump right into the beginner one. Once you got the hang of it, the muscle memory, and then go right through it and get down there. Because I did not make it past the beginner trail with that in mind. I was trying to figure out the best path during the beginner trail and not taking advantage of the explorer side. So nice. keep that in mind if anybody's watching this. But again, I do have a video on that as well. It is a lot of fun. It is relaxing. If you play it in that manner, you can just do the explorer one and just kind of go down the trail. You can find some secret resting areas. Um and stuff like that too, to where you can take some nice scenic shots and all that kind of stuff. So I'm still exploring that as well. Another game I played on the stream on Twitch is Void Bastards. Uh, this is a mature rated game, obviously by the title itself. And then if you watch my video, some uh, some of the creatures say some hilarious things that say some choice words as well. I won't repeat them here since this is a family show, mm. but they, I was cracking up at what they were saying. So, but you and you can see it in the video as well, especially I think towards the end, you'll hear what they're saying. It's pretty funny. Um, but it is a first person shooter where, and I think, and you guys can help me, Mar Marty, especially because you're into these type of games. Uh, rogue light or rogue like? Which one 
roguelike. They're well, they're both they're both the same thing. Uh, it's it's mainly a game where uh, the area or some element of it of it is going to be different every time. Okay. Uh, I take for instance, Enter the Gungeon is a roguelike. Okay. It's, you're gonna you're gonna face an ever changing dungeon with different rooms and different pickups every time. Um, there's a game that came out uh, about a year ago or, or more on Nintendo Switch called uh, Flint Hook, and yes. it is a rogue light in that you can buy permanent upgrades that are with you at the beginning, uh, and some of the levels end up being the same. Like you're able to progress okay. past point. So that's thank you, light. thank you for the definition. So this has the right rogue light elements to it to where uh this game again first person uh you are a prisoner or they call them clients that uh they put on ships to find resources to get to where you need to go in the galaxy but those prisoners if you don't make it through that ship will die and uh even though that prisoner dies you still get to keep the resources you found and some of the things you've created um so when the, you bring in the next prisoner or client to come explore that ship or pick up things that you may not have gotten when you went on there the first time, you still get to carry some of those things uh, that that original prisoner created or you get to keep. So if they created, say, when I was doing my playthrough, I created uh, landmines, I'll say, I forget the exact name of them, but I created landmines. I'm able to recreate them with the new prisoner. I don't get to keep the landmines that they had, but I'm still, I found the recipe, I guess, if you want to call it for the workbench, for the crafting element of the game, because you do craft your weapons and stuff from things you find. Um, because the backpack you use is the one that carries a lot of these things that you find. And when the backpack leaves the ship to go get the next prisoner, it has those things with them at least some of them, and then they, you come back and replay that ship or you go to on the next ship, depending on what you get from there. So there's a, it's really unique, and I've been really hungry for a first-person, a unique first-person game, obviously with all my demands for Metroid Prime Trilogy. <laughs> so, But this is pretty funny, too. Um, has some funny dialogue in it, and there's a lot of banter between you and the... Or not banter, but a lot of the comments you get from the robot. Um, so again, the video to, out there to watch and also the Twitch one, if you want to watch the whole thing, there's a lot more than what I put on YouTube in regards to that. So depending on what you want to watch, um, animal crossing, of course, playing that. And I, and one of the, th the reason why I'm bringing up this, uh, because everybody's playing animal crossing all the time, it seems like, but I wanted to bring this up because I figured out why I've been able to play this game so much. And maybe you guys can connect with this as well, or maybe other guys out there in the chat or anybody watching or listening. Uh, I think the reason why I think I'm able to get away with a hundred hours now plus with animal crossing is because my family's involved and I don't feel guilty putting, you know, playing a game on the couch when they can jump in at the same time and at any time. Um, so that's why I think I've got like, that's the game I can get away with, you know, to sit around with the family and play with. I feel and nobody in my family said, hey, dad, why are you always on your switch? You know, that type of thing. Whenever I played other games, just this one particularly, I feel like I can get away with playing more of because my family can join in or I can help them with something because I've already experienced it. Stuff like that. So I thought I'd share that tidbit of why I probably why I got 100 hours plus in Animal Crossing. Yeah, that's 
that's a great perspective, Tim, right? Like, and I think we've talked about that before as parents, right? The more active that we can make either our partners or spouses and our kids into that uh, experience, more it's a family event, right? The more it's not an an isolating event, but rather a building event, right? A joining event. And and so that's fantastic. I'm just, I'm just so happy to hear that for you guys. Yeah. So, and then one last thing I threw in here because I played it this evening is it's not Nintendo, but I played it on my mobile device and it's Forza Street that released. It's a Microsoft Forza game. Um, played it, simple mechanics so far. And like I said, I only did it for a little bit, but it's, you know, me in racing games. I like, I, I like my racing games. So I'm trying it out. Asphalt Seems interesting. Sad. What's that? Asphalt is sad. Asphalt, yeah, because I haven't been playing it. <laughs> yep. That's that's what I've been playing. Awesome. Justin, you have nothing listed here. I don't. Um, I will actually just, you know, I want to just be cautious here. The game that I have been playing just to kind of make people aware of is the game called Moving Out. Um, and this uh, came out last week on Tuesday. Uh, big thanks to the developers who provided us uh, code for this as well. You know that I'm always looking for fun games like Overcooked. Jody and I have a ton of fun playing these kind of what I call couch co-op slash couch chaos games. Uh, and moving out uh, falls right squarely into that bucket. As opposed to being cooks or chefs in a kitchen, you are a moving crew. Uh, and the idea here is pretty simple. You have an objective of trying to get certain amount of items outside of the house that you're moving into. Or that you've, you're, you're, mo- you're helping someone move, get the house items out and get them into a moving truck within a specific amount of time. And some of those items are super simple, simple, just one person and you can take them out. Other ones require both of you to work together to carry a couch, to to move a TV, to move a fridge. So there's a little bit of the, the co-op working together, chaos. Um, and then uh, you have to learn how to properly stack the furniture into the truck to make sure it fills and everything can get in there because you can get everything in there, but if it all falls out, that's no good. So you need to be able to work together to communicate, like throw a piece up there or move a piece there. Uh, so it's, it's again, that, that idea of couch chaos and craziness. One of the things I really like about this, of course, they've got that, like the, the kind of the three star effect, right? Essentially it's, it's uh, gold, silver, and bronze. And it's all related to time. You do it. But once you unlock it, then you get this second, this kind of second or, th- or second part, which is three objectives. So you can go back. So there's replayability of coming back to levels. And they say, for example, uh, do this house, but don't break any windows. Okay. So now I've got to be a little more precise, you know, do this house, but break all the windows, right? Um, do this house, but make sure you also include the three extra flamingos, right? So there's a lot of that replay. Again, it's up to four players as well. It's got a good sense of humor, good amount of fun. If you're, if you're a family looking for couch co-op couch madness. Now, when we first got the game, I played it with my two daughters and let's just say they're lucky they're still alive um, because it was like it was it was just a matter of pure and utter chaos with them. Um, when I played it with Jody, much better, <laughs> much easier experience. Um, so this is you know this is one of the games I think we'll play together as a family, but it's it's a lot of fun. But if you're a family who likes these kind of games, uh, again playing together I think is is. Uh, a great opportunity. That again, the game is called Moving Out. There is a demo available on the Switch as well if you want to to pick it up. So I'd encourage you to check that out if you haven't. But again, if you if you like Overcooked, if you like Catastronauts, these couch co-op, couch ma- uh, co-op games or couch ca- uh, chaos, 
this is one to check out. Now, what I will also say to you is there's actually a fair amount of games like this coming out in the next three months or several months. So obviously, Moving Out is out right now. Uh, we actually just got a code uh, earlier today for a game called... I need to... Cannibal Cuisine. Uh, and Cannibal Cuisine is a local crazy chaos game like this as well. Uh, and then there is Bacon Switch, which is coming out later as well. So a bunch of these kind of four-player chaos that's worked together, co-op games. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm en- I enjoy moving out. I think it's a lot of fun. I would definitely check that out. That's moving out from SMG is the developer. Publisher is uh, Team 17. Excellent. Yeah, I've tried the demo. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. I'm going to pick this one up. It's just not doable right now for yep. me. Uh, Jesse, what about you? What are you playing? Uh, I, we got this as a, a review copy uh, a little a few days early. Uh, I, I did a live stream of it last week uh, called Arcade Spirits. I th- think I talked about it a little mm-hmm. bit in the, yeah, in the show did. last week. Um, so uh, I've gotten, f- yeah, yeah, last week I just got finished chapter one. Just now I've gotten to the fifth chapter. I think there are eight total based on what the achievements look like. Um, yeah, so they, there's, you know, the six characters that you're able to, to friend and depending on how much time you spend with them, it's, it's a visual novel, dating sim type of game. And, uh, I've actually never played one more than just like the first chapter. So this is like the, like the first, you know, the first one I've actually put some time into it. And uh, some of these characters I like, some of these characters I'm not necessarily a fan of, but uh, I'm liking the story and I'm really thinking about, you know, when in this type of game, they want you to play it multiple times, make different decisions and see different aspects of the story. Because you're always given a choice. Well, there's something going over to your left. You can check that out. Or there's something going on to the right. You can check that out. You can only do one of the two. So if you, whatever you do, you miss out on what you're missing out on. And uh, so it, it makes a lot of you know classic arcade references. There's a, some of the things I think I was amused I was amused with was you know they made, they mentioned like real trademark uh, games, plus they also have parody names for certain things. So they they I did a, sent a tweet on this one of them last night showing they're, they're talking about a guy who writes for Hexagon. <laughs> spoofing polygon nice. yep anyway and they actually uh, during chapter two they made a, a a big polybius reference and if you don't know what polybius is look it up that is just creepy stuff <laughs> it's a little homework to well i'm kind of afraid to look it up now <laughs> yeah it's it, it, it's like uh Conspiracy theory stuff. Okay. That, uh, I probably will be finishing up my first playthrough. Oh, around, and around, yeah, and at the end of the chapter one, you know, I was able to get a feel for, you know, I spent time with specific, specific people I want to progress the story with. So I, I picked like one person as my primary, and if she wasn't available for something, I picked a second secondary so that, that primary person is what i i've tried to follow as much as i can and at the end of chapter 
five is when we actually start going on that that first date, and that was, so now I get get to see where the story goes from there. And at the end, I probably will play it through again, doing like skipping conversations that I've already had, and just to get to a new a new story path. I'm liking it so, so far. Again, that that was uh, thanks. I think it was the publisher was P Cube on that who got us that re- review code. Then mm-hmm. I played more Picross S4. I pretty much finished it except for the ones that I wanted to record and put on my channel. I haven't, haven't gotten around to getting there yet. Voxelgram, I almost finished. There's two puzzles left I haven't f- finished. And they were like, they were cha- more challenging just because they were thinner. You know, normally you're dealing with like 10 by 7 by 12 blocks. So there's a lot of clues from all multiple directions. These are real narrow ones. Like there's only two or three thick, which limits the information you have. So, and then so you have to do more reliant on the clues that. Are, so I'm not. Well, I'm not sure if I'll ever finish those, but I'll give them another try. And then the, the last game, the game, the game came out today called Pong Quest, which was is weird, not quite what I was th- thinking it was going to be. So it, it starts you off just with just you're playing you're playing Pong. You you pick a character, and you kind of you dress them up a bit. And just basically a tutorial to teaching you how the game is played. And so your paddle has a certain number of hit points and your opponent has a certain number of hit points. When you, when you reflect the, the ball back with your paddle, you lose one hit point. But if it goes past you, you lose five. And then if you get to one hit point less or, or less left, then you're in a critical. So the only way to finish, to to get the win, is to get past that the opponent's paddle at that point. So then you, once once you're done with the tutorial, you're put into like this castle, where they have like another like a small tutorial dungeon to teach you the dungeon mechanics. So that looks very much like like a Zelda puzzle, mm. the Zelda level. So top down, up down, left right traversal. And it's, I think it, it, and it is randomized every time, like a roguelike. Uh, I was able to finish the first, the, that tutorial puzzle without any issues. Then I went to the, the next one and that has multiple levels. And I, I died in twice the first, the, trying this to get through. This is not the what I expected through. when I looked up this game. <laughs> right. Quest. So, I just looked it up. And I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" And you know, you're able to you're able to collect other balls that have different um, properties. Like a potion ball will heal you, and one can break walls better. And but you have an, a limited inventory, and it's, I haven't figured out how to manage the inventory, so I, I'm still completely confused on. So. I, I, it's I'm, published by Atari. That's crazy. All right. Yep. So I, I'll, I'll I'll give this one another try, but I don't think I'll get far into this. It's, 
It looks hilarious. It's not I mean, what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it's not what I thought it was going to be either when I looked it up. I was expecting something totally different when in my mind. <laughs> yeah. But I I think Sammy might like this. I'm going to have to show him this one. <laughs> uh, so I've been playing Animal Crossing as well. It's my new daily routine game. Wake up in the morning, shower, brush teeth, get dressed. Cup of coffee, Animal Crossing. Check the turnip prices. <laughs> well, this week I actually I bought turnips on Sunday and sold on Tuesday for five hundred and fifty something bells per turnip. Yep, same no, here. Six, same here. Six something per turnip. Oh, nice. And made seven hundred and seventy-two thousand bells. Nice. Paid off nice. my. Uh, Paid off my uh, home loan uh, for feel great? my third room <laughs> and got the upstairs unlocked. Uh, so now all I have left to do is pay that off and get the downstairs unlocked. But this loan is for 1,248,000 bells. And I just don't see that happening anytime <laughs> soon without turnips. Right. So uh, I play the stock market and yeah. because. Bank interest isn't going to do you anymore. So we have, we have, uh, we have an orchard in my town where we have, we, we currently grow all the fruits in the game. So I do the, what I do is I do the turnips and I play during the day. And the trade off is that my wife plays at night. So she gets a lot of the bigger fish, you know, the more rare fish at night, night fishing or fishing in the rain. And she strip mines all of the fruit every few days and sells all of that off. So she got really lucky yep. last night. She did a Nook Miles ticket and went to a uh, island where all of the fruit was foreign fruit. It was all pears instead mm. of peaches. And she brought back, it was like 50,000 bells worth of, wow. worth of fruit. It was, it was crazy. I know. Um, so that, that is, I, I can see that being a downside of playing with the family versus by yourself is the limited resources per day. Yeah. yeah we, children are monsters. We have a good, <laughs> we have a good system set up. Um, I do you, love, you have to set one up. Otherwise you're going to, I, I do love the mechanic now that exists in the shop where there are some items that are unlimited. Like you can buy as many of those as you want. And then there's some that are, Finite, like there's, they're a one-time purchase and we'll discuss those, like which one of us needs this or which one of us is going to buy this. So it's, it's been good. I've really enjoyed playing that with her and watching her play because she's not a gamer. Like the most that she plays is Lego games and this. So like she's, I'm all for her playing as much as she wants, but right. I've also been playing two games, one of which I can, talk a lot about and one of which I can't talk about very much. So let me talk about the one I can't talk about very much first. And that is Super Mash, which is a brand yes. new indie release comes out tomorrow. Uh, actually right now, if I wanted to, I could go ahead and stream it. I guess I'd go ahead and talk about it at this point. Um, Super Mash is a, um, I was surprised because when it was presented in the last indie direct, it was presented as a game maker game where you mash up two different styles of, of game. Like you can go in and you can mash up, shoot them up and platformer or JRPG and Metroidvania. 
which in this game is actually called Metrovania. Um, or you can just like put two of the same one in there and it'll randomize and give you this weird platformer or weird JRPG or whatever. What I didn't expect is that upon starting the game, it actually has a story mode that goes along with it uh, in which you're trying to save like this video game shop uh, from going out of business and you find this console that allows you to make mashes that you then turn around and sell. Uh, and along with the story quests, you also have quests like from people who walk in the shop, like they'll want to see a certain type of game. And so eventually you'll progress enough that you've unlocked some abilities or you've unlocked some stuff and you're able to make that game now. Uh, and so far I played about an hour, an hour or two of it this afternoon. It's super cool. Uh, not all the games are great, obviously, but so far I've seen uh, a Mario style platformer. I saw a, uh, like a, a top down JRPG style platformer. I, the first thing I did was I mashed up JRPG and platformer. And it gave me like a, a 2.5D kind of walking around world like Paper Mario. But then the battles, which were randomized, you could either attack them with your sword or stomp on them. Hmm. <laughs> Everything was in 2D. Uh, and the quest, like each time you play, it gives you a different way to beat the game. And then that one, it was find and sell the silver axe, the silver sword, and the silver spear. And as soon as you do that, game ends, you collect the bonus for doing it, and you move on to the next game. Um, I played that. I played, uh, I did a dungeon crawler, Zelda style dungeon crawler. It's a very, very, a link to the past inspired, but the, uh, the character was a spaceship from a two, 2D side scrolling shooter that swung a sword. Nice. So it's, what? it's really uh, off the wall and everything, but digital continue is the ones who are publishing this game. They did a great job with it. They sent us over a review copy. I think if it like, it's got a lot of, of nostalgic references. Like one of the characters I unlocked is in like the greenish Game Boy hue. There's references to Mario and Zelda and Gradius and all kinds of other stuff. If that, I think that for retro fans, it's going to be right down your alley. And it kind of has that WarioWare-esque feel to it because you never know what you're going to get. You never know what you're going to be doing. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. That sounds like it. it's for you. It's, it'll be available as you hear this. So you can go check that out. Yeah, I'm I also. I, I was thinking I wanted to check it out when it, when it came out, after seeing it in the direct. So while you were talking, I just did a pre-purchase of it. So I'll play it tomorrow. Or give it a awesome. try tomorrow. Or this I, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Um, the, uh, the other game that I've been playing that's available right now is called Slayin' 2. And it is described as an endless action RPG. Uh, this is a direct sequel to um, the mobile game Slayin', which has been out for a number of years and has won Editor's Choice Awards on iOS. Um, the, the basic gist of it is you, you play a hero who holds his sword out in front of him and runs back and forth and runs into enemies and kills them. 
Uh, but as you and each stage has a number of enemies that you have to kill to trigger a boss fight. And if you finish the boss fight, you get coins, but you also get coins for having a slaying combo uh, that builds up with however many enemies you kill before you get hit. And the more coins you get, you can buy upgrades, you can buy new characters, all kinds of stuff like that. Sounds like a typical iOS game, right? Well, they decided to make Slaying 2 exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. They added in a story mode, and they added in some extra stuff as well. Still buy characters but uh, and upgrades. But in this game, you can also rebuild a town that will eventually help you out in some, some other ways. And the game actually takes place on two planes. There's the front plane where some of the enemies are, and then you can press the R button and jump to the back plane and kill enemies there. And it's a necessary strategy because some of the bosses have attacks that like fill up one side of the front plane or one side of the back plane. And the only way you can avoid it is to jump back and forth. And so there's this frenzied action aspect of it too, but you're also leveling up. You're unlocking new areas you can go to. You're meeting new characters. You're carrying out quests and it's all like, it's super cool. It's super good. Uh, if, and again, I think this is one for, for retro fans like me. Uh, if you're looking for something, I said this in the video that I did for it earlier this week. If you're looking for something simple that you can jump into and out of really quick, play a couple of rounds of, but it still has a little meat to it so that there's, there's progression and you feel like there, you know, you're doing something. This is an excellent choice for you. Uh, the guy who did the soundtrack uh, also did the soundtrack for Retro City Rampage and the original, um, the original Slaying. And not only does it have the story mode, but it also has arcade mode where you can just go in, fight as many monsters as you can, rack up a big score. I, I really love it. It's it's super good, easy to jump into and play. It's charming, has some funny dialogue, sounds great, looks good. I don't think you can go wrong with it. And so nice. that's out right now. It's called Slay Into. Um, maybe you, you, you're you itching for that action RPG uh, thing there. Well, let that scratch your itch. But guys, that's what we've been playing. Let's uh, head on over. You know what? We don't have any community spotlight this week. So let's just close out the show. It's let, been a while. Yeah, let's. So the, I think, hold on a second. I think there is a question. Mecha Dragon had a question for Jesse in the chat. Okay. Jesse, I don't know if you saw that. Actually, while Jesse's tackling that, I want to do this. Before we close it out, ladies and gentlemen, next week we have got something really, really special that I'm really, really excited to talk about. We are doing a Nintendo Dads Cross Dad Crossings episode. You're like, wow, these guys have talked a lot about Animal Crossing. Maybe they should have their own show about it. Maybe they should have their own conversation. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Next week, that's what we're doing. As a matter of fact, the Dad Crossings team, that's Sean, that's Nick, and that's Dan, are going to be joining us at this time. However, however, this is the really cool part. I asked the wonderful guys over at Dad Crossing, I said, we've always been virtual. We've always been four panels in our different rooms could you make us a Nintendo Dads studio? 
if we were a team that was local and we had a studio, what would that look like? Well, ladies and gentlemen, they have built us a Nintendo Dad studio, and we are going to be recording next week's episode live from that studio and we are going to be broadcasting it at their island so you can jump in and watch us talk break down nintendo dads we're going to obviously have a huge discussion more and more about animal crossing live at the nintendo dads animal crossing studio in new horizons with the dads from dads crossing we are excited and we are pumped about this crossover those guys have done amazing work the studio i have seen it it is incredible. They're still doing some final touches, but it blew my mind and has passed every expectation that I have ever thought it was going to be. Uh, I am absolutely excited. So next week, next week, we are going to be broadcasting. So look for our feeds, look for our links, look for our stuff to follow because you're going to be basically watching us live from their island. Uh, we are very, very, very excited for it. It's going to be good. Like I'm, I'm super excited. Blowing uh, my we, mind. Do we need to? <laughs> not need to. Do we want to read that uh, that question here, or did Jesse? Did you no. answer? That? I, I I was waiting for so I can read it here. He says you know, the TV in my room broke down, and I was thinking about getting a monitor instead. I want to get a gaming PC set up once we can buy stuff again. I heard the monitor has a better frame rate or something. Um. So in terms, some monitors do have better frame frame rate that computers can take advantage of, but for anything that is designed to plug into a TV, like a Switch dock or a, an Xbox or a PS4, you're not going to get any boost. You're going to get 60 frames max, you know, or less, depending on whatever the system puts out. Um, it, you in in terms of the of a, of a switch dock, you know, my son has he's been using monitors, and it, it works for the switch without a problem. It works for his Xbox without a problem. His PS4 does not, um, because for the similar reason why, like you can't plug a PS4 into directly into a capture device because there's encryption in the HDMI that prevents it. So you have to put a device in the middle to crack it. Um, so so I told my son was t talking about buying two new monitors, one for his computer and one to game with. And I'm like, well, if what are you going to game with? You might as well just stick with the regular TV. So it's because you can probably get it for cheaper than a, a high-quality gaming monitor. So, if, again, a gaming monitor will work. Sometimes the monitor will have speakers built in, so it works just like a TV anyway. The only difference between a monitor and a TV at that point is no built-in tuner. So, like, coax, you can plug in cable. Ultimately, it's the same thing. So, those are, like, the the two main differences. He's asking for all PS4s. Yeah, pretty much anything Sony. You know, PS3, PS4, and PSTV all fail on the monitor that my son was trying with. They, he plugged it into a different monitor and it worked fine. So, it's depending on the monitor. But so if, if to be safe, you know, get something that's getting regular a TV, then all, 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 pretty much anything you plug into it should work. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Marty, get us out of here. Yeah. So thanks for hanging out with us here for episode 279 of Nintendo Dads. 
As always, we welcome your questions, your comments, your tweets. And in just a second, we'll tell you where to send those to you. But before we do that, we want to say a huge thanks to our Patreon producers. That's Chris Mears, Dave Ernsberger, Sean Abbott, and Antonio Contronio. And you can head over to nintendodads.org. That's where you can find all of our feeds like YouTube, tweet, Twitter, podcast episodes, social media information, Patreon page, as well as Nintendo Dads merch that you can buy uh, that will pump you up better than Ring Fit Adventure. It will pump you up, you gully men, weak weaklings. Uh, you can also find us in most places like Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube. Just type in Nintendo Dads and boom, will pop up and you can enjoy videos, podcasts, all kinds of stuff and more. Again, you can email us at nintendodads at gmail.com or you can call in and leave a voicemail at 929-25-N-DADS, 929-256-3237. We would love to talk to you. We'd love to play your voicemail on the show, read your email on the show. So send us some of those. We want to say a big thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show. And remember, wherever you listen to this podcast, five-star review and write some kind words. It helps people find the show and spreads the good news about all that's going on over here at Nintendo Dads. For me, for Justin, for Tim, and Jesse, this has been episode 279. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Into Nintendo Dads. We sound like the goddamn Nintendo Dads all of a sudden.